Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Wednesday, January 4th. New year, same gas price woes, with prices at the pump jumping up by 20 cents per litre in the province over the past week. It begs the question, are Albertans being gouged when it comes to gas prices? We talk about this topic with Dan McTagg, President of Canadians for Affordable Energy. It's time to roll up your sleeves and pitch in. We hear details on the urgent need for blood donations right now in the city and how you can take part in a friendly challenge to support donations between Alberta's biggest city. Sky-high inflation, climbing interest rates and carbon tax hikes. Now you can add your favourite bottle of wine or case of craft beer to the list of things that will soon cost more. We talk about the upcoming federal tax increase on booze with Franco Terrazano, Director of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. Premier Danielle Smith's UCP government has suspended the provincial gas tax to try and help address affordability and inflation for Albertans. So why are gas prices not dropping to what we saw, you know, a little bit ago? Joining us to talk about it, Dan McTagg, President, Canadians for Affordable Energy. Hi again, Dan. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> Good morning, Sue. Good morning, Andy. Good we could here. talk to you every day, Dan, because it's something that's it's ubiquitous for us to complain about the price of gas, and we're going to do it again today. So... Is this legit? Really? Okay, so the the province drops the gas tax, but right through the holidays, the gas, the price of gas went through the roof. Is that coincidence, really? I'm not sure if it's coincidence, but I've always been amazed at Alberta gas stations in general. Uh, they engage in what I call gas bar shenanigans. They don't follow the market. In other words, even when prices spike on markets, they don't follow, and when they drop, they certainly don't follow. And they tend to delay a week, two weeks, sometimes a little bit more than that. And that's exactly what happened here. Look, all of our gasoline in Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, a slice of Ontario, and all of central BC uh, comes from the Chicago spot market. That's the really the trendsetter in terms of the price we're going to pay. And the following day, uh, we have what's called a rack price, a wholesale price that's given to gas stations, and they pay that plus the taxes. From the period... Sunday to uh, from last Sunday, uh, so uh, January the first, uh, back two weeks to December the seventeenth, eighteenth. The wholesale price for gasoline on the Chicago spot market rose fifty cents a gallon, good enough for a twenty cent liter increase. Now, normally in places like Toronto, Vancouver, Montreal, those prices are reflected twenty four hours later at the pumps, and then I predict those, and people have a bit of a heads up. It doesn't happen. And what happened in Calgary, Edmonton, and many places across the province is that they basically kept their prices at between $1.05 and $1.11, $1.12, $1.13. But it was costing them, as of at least Christmas Day, $1.20 to buy their gasoline. So they were selling it at a loss of 5 to $0.10 cents a litre. I suspect that what we saw here with the province's move to eliminate $0.04 cents plus GST uh, which comes out to 4.2 cents a liter that we would have seen, or 4.1 cents a liter, we would have seen, um, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of gas stations sort of put themselves in a situation where they were willing to, you know, incur the loss temporarily. But the timing, obviously, was quite awful, and it was more coincidental than anything else. All right. So, yeah, we did have, you know, like we had this texters, Dan, saying a 20-cent difference between North Calgary and South with just a lag for this down in the south with those prices still getting the deal but what does this mean going ahead you mentioned that dollar 20 uh, per liter for the uh, you know retailers themselves can we see that hanging on what what are you forecasting for the next uh, few weeks or so uh, next few weeks is going to be a <laughs> it's going to be pretty tough for uh, for uh, uh, the industry because uh, we have uh, very nervous investors saying you know covid lockdowns oh uh, a possible global recession uh, 
uh, we, we've seen oil drop three bucks, three and a half bucks, three thirty-three a barrel yesterday, dropping. Now this morning, last time I checked, two fifty a barrel. Let's think for the first few weeks, you've got the you know the bears running the show and uh, negativity, despite uh, you know despite the demand picture and despite you know tight supplies. I think this is probably as high as it's going to get. It's likely to come down four or five cents a liter, but it's going to take two weeks. Nothing moves uh, very quickly either way. Uh, and you're still going to have gas stations that can sell gasoline for a dollar seven, dollar eight, even though it's calling it's causing them a dollar twenty. You have to kind of wonder what the cost of <laughs> we've talked about this before. The price of beef jerky is in their stores yeah. <laughs> because someone is supporting them, and and some there's no free lunch, folks. If you see a dollar seven, a dollar eight, yeah, pick it up. But remember something: there's no way under the sun a gas station can operate uh, for under a dollar twenty in Calgary today. It costs them 122 pennies to buy uh, their fuel, and then they have to add. Uh, you know, an extra four to ten to twelve cents a liter. So a dollar thirty-three, dollar thirty-four, is not uncommon, given that it costs something to run a gas station, and you can't honor credit cards and get your whiz bang four percent back, uh, and then you know pay for your staff, uh, pay for your hydro to turn on the pumps. So at the end of the day, there's something going on, and I would say that something that's going on is massive cross subsidization, either from refineries that are uh, helping to protect their uh, their clients or uh, people using the grocery receipts in the case of big box stores to, uh, to uh, as it were, cross-subsidize the, the clear and obvious uh, losses they're taking at uh, insulin gasoline below $1.22 today in Calgary. Dan, over the holidays, I saw a couple of stations run out of gas. How yeah. does a gas station, and it's usually Petro-Canada, how do they keep <laughs> running out of gas? Well, there has been some refinery disruptions, to be sure, in Edmonton. Uh, they won't come out and say it. I know that uh, Suncor Shell um, had some issues uh, with uh, the diesel side of things back before Christmas. I don't know how that's turned out. But there's also massive demand, spiking demand. We also had that cold snap. The cold snap had a lot to do with why prices went up as dramatically as they did over the past couple of weeks. Uh, In anticipation of this, the market said, hey, you know what, Uh, this could be a bad situation. More demand for jet fuel, more demand for diesel, more demand for just about everything. Now we have a warm spell. Uh, the reverse is true. <laughs> I, I don't want to say this to be disrespectful, but I think those betting on in the markets, and I don't mean those who are trading uh, physical supplies of gasoline, oil, diesel, etc., but the uh, the hedgers, uh, the money managers, I think uh, they, it's pretty clear the energy markets are dysfunctional, terribly dysfunctional. I think OPEC is going to, uh, is going to have something to say about this next month on February 1st when they meet. Uh, I suspect that they're, uh, if this thing doesn't correct itself and we continue to see uh, fundamentals ignored by the markets that they're going to probably cut uh, production even more than they have now. And, uh, you know, uh, we can sort of then figure out how that's going to affect prices. But you still have a sweet spot here in Alberta. Thanks to what your government has done, you will continue to have the, the most competitive, cheapest prices uh, anywhere in the country. And, of course, with gas retailers willing to uh, lose money selling gasoline, take advantage of it while you can, because mm. we don't get it here in Ontario. Yeah, never cheap enough for Albertans, no, though, Dan. you so got to know that. Um, <laughs> got a, a great, seriously, that's the case. It's so true. Uh, we've got a great text from Robert from Three Hills, Alberta, about the price of diesel. And I remember as a kid, diesel was the cheapest. My friends mm. who had little Volkswagens that were running off diesel, I was jealous. Not the case anymore. It's been sky high. So Robert wants to know why diesel prices have not been reduced and why they remain so high. They are coming down. Uh, they in, in eastern parts of uh, the continent, in North America, they dropped uh, 12 cents a liter yesterday. So you're going to start to see some of that here in Western Canada. Uh, it's uh, look, diesel's not what it was 10, 10, 20, 30 years ago. Not the bottom of the barrel stuff anymore. It's uh, it's highly processed. It is uh, 
ultra low sulfur diesel the the process by which they uh, they use to make it has changed dramatically and its use is everywhere no one's going to question for a moment that uh, the global economy is using ever more diesel than it ever has in the past and of course there have been some changes uh, one of the i won't bore you the details imo 2020 every vessel in the world has to run a low sulfur diesel all that takes time, it takes money, and of course the, the means in which you process that diesel becomes that much more expensive. So in the, we do know that in the winters, as winter gets colder, and especially in eastern parts of the continent, uh, uh, people still use furnace oil. People still use uh, heating oil. Uh, it's used for stove oil. And by the way, it's jet fuel, and to make matters even more interesting, uh, urea, uh, derived from diesel, used for fertilizer. So, Diesel is uh, the global workhorse, and it's uh, it's not like gasoline. You can, you can sort of quibble about gasoline prices and the need. Diesel, it's uh, the fuel in which the world will continue to run for the foreseeable future. By the way, don't let my colleagues in Ottawa, uh, the federal liberals, know that because they think that they can simply do away with this. Good luck with that, by the way. <laughs> well, quibble, we will continue to do over the price of gas. So thank you so much for joining <laughs> us this morning, Dan. Appreciate it. Great to be here, Sue. Thanks, Andy. Have a great New Year, guys. Thanks, you too. Dan McTagg, President of Canadians for Affordable Energy. Well, we all know it's in us to give, but it seems not enough Canadians are rolling up their sleeves and giving. Joining us to talk about the demand for blood donations in Canada and here in Alberta is Joanna Del Rosario, Canada Blood Services Territory Manager for the province of Alberta. Good morning to you, Joanna. Good morning to you guys. Thanks, Thanks so much for, for joining us. A p- pleasure to have you here with us. It's something, you know, we, we talk about it year round, but right now, uh, a little bit more so. I have heard the commercials, so I know there is a great need for blood donations in Canada. It, more so in Alberta, how do we fare when it comes to looking at the entire country in terms of, of the number of people that donate here in Alberta? So, uh, good question. So, there is all, an immediate need for donors from all communities to book and keep appointments. Uh, for blood and plasma supply for patients this winter season. Uh, here in Calgary, there are currently more than 5,300 open appointments to be filled before the end of January. Although we did uh, give uh, did a shout-out or a call-out for donors in the holiday season, uh, which we saw an incredible support from our generous donors, but we still remain, um, there is still an immediate need for donors, and we do encourage new and returning donors to book now. Uh, to help with the supply uh, from now till the next coming weeks. Let's talk, Joanna, about the impact of a single donation and how far it goes and, and how it's used. Well, uh, what, let's let's to put it in perspective. The one blood donation equals to one unit of blood, so it can take many units of blood to help a patient. So. Uh, every minute of every day, someone in Canada needs blood, and often for more for more than one generous donor. What, uh, examples that it can include is about eight donors a week to help someone with leukemia, up to five donors to help someone undergoing a cancer treatment, fifty donors needed to help someone in a car crash, and mm. you know, and all the um, procedures, the surgeries, those needing. Um, uh, blood in order for them to survive because they have some illness. It is an ongoing need. It, there's a bit of a contest going on in the province of Alberta now, isn't there? A, a competition between uh, Calgary and Edmonton? That's correct. We did launch yesterday, and, um, and we uh, we have uh, it's called the Science for Life 2023, and it's a challenge between all three cities: Edmonton. 
Calgary and Red Deer who brings in the most donations uh, versus Target. So we have the mayor and some of the leadership team from all the different first responders like EMS, STARS, uh, RCMP, uh, we had um, 911 as well, and we had police chief and the fire chief. They're, they're all supporting this uh, month-long challenge, and uh, we're actually inviting all our community. Uh, if you're for in Calgary, please uh, come and book your donations to help support our team, Calgary. Um, but if you're also in Edmonton and, and Red Deer, please do support your city. And let's see who brings in the most donations and by the end of the month. It's fun. It should be fun. Yeah, go Calgary. Go Calgary, absolutely. <laughs> we need to, yeah, let's do what we can. The competition will certainly help. Joanna, tell us, if I've never given blood, if I've never donated, what do I need to know before I go in? Is there, is there a checklist of things I should know? Well, absolutely. So to donate, you must be at least 17 years of age, and you should be in general good health, feeling well on the day of your donation. Uh, there are some restrictions. You may not be eligible to donate if your health or the safety of cannabis blood and bus supply are at risk. So you do have to be in general good health. This means feeling well or able to perform normal activities on the day of your donation appointment. You should be well hydrated, have had something to eat, have a good night's sleep the night before. So uh, just being healthy. But if you have any questions about your eligibility, please do uh, visit our website at blood.ca. And if you have any questions or not sure, um, if you can or cannot donate, please call to speak with one of our trained health professionals at one triple eight to donate. That's one eight 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 two three six six two eight three. And there's a great app that people can download on their phones. It really is. I think it's one of the best apps out there. It makes it so, so simple to book your appointment, to book the time that you want, the location you want. And it really, what do you think, Joanne? Does it take about maybe half hour, 40 minutes to, to donate blood start to finish? Uh, uh, well, we say 60 minutes, but we're not, right now we're averaging between 40 to, you know, 30 to 40 minutes. Yeah. And so you get snacks at the end. Absolutely. So snacks. Um, yes, we are, we're more automated now, so it, it is faster to donate. Uh, like what you said, the Give Blood app is, is has all the information that you might need in donation. It will also it has all your information, your 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 time of donation, your everything. Uh, you might need all the information you might need. So please download the Give Blood app. It can, it's available on iPhone and, or in Android as well. Joanna, thanks for your time. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Have a good day. You too. Joanna Del Rosario, Territory Manager, Canada Blood Services. Yes, the app and more details on the app. And all you need to know online at blood.ca. Do you have any idea how much you pay in taxes when you pick up that case of beer or a bottle of wine? Well, now the federal government is planning to add on an additional 6.3% in taxes to the cost of liquor. Joining us to talk about it is Franco Terrazano, Federal Director of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. Hi, Franco. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me on this morning. Hey, why do Canadians pay so much more for liquor than our neighbours in the South in, in the U.S.? Oh, we pay so much more. Uh, when you you go to get a case of be- uh, beer, you're paying about five times more in taxes than our friends south of the border. And unfortunately, more bad news, uh, we got a big tax hike, an inflation-sized tax hike right around the corner. On April 1, our federal government is raising the excise tax with the rate of inflation. Now, what's so unfortunate there is, one, inflation is sky high. So what does that mean? We're seeing a sky-high tax increase of about 6.3% 
from the federal government beginning on April 1. Does this, mm-hmm. it, I think it's somewhat confusing, Frankel, to the consumer who enjoys a beer or a glass of wine or even a spirit that it is my experience as well that the spirits have not been as hard hit, but that is not the case, is it? It's a case of, you know, like, for example, the beer has been considerably higher. It depends on the type of alcohol. Is that right? Well, it does depend on the type of alcohol, but when you're going for hard alcohol, you're actually paying the most in taxes. So let me break it down for you. Every time you go to the store, you're paying about 50% of the price in taxes. Now, of course, this is provincial and federal government taxes. Uh, Every time you pick up that bottle of Pinot to enjoy with your better half, that bottle of wine, you're paying about 65% in taxes. Now, the hard alcohol, the whiskeys, the vodkas, you're paying about uh, more than three quarters of the total price tag is in taxes. Now, you know, we just had New Year's Eve. We had some people over, so we wanted to stock up on some uh, holiday spirit. We paid about 150 bucks for two cases of beer, two bottles of wine, and a big bottle of vodka. 150 bucks was the price tag at the till. Of that $150, $90 plus was just in taxes. Now, that may surprise you because You don't actually see all these taxes on your bill, but you have some hidden taxes. You have a federal excise tax. You have a federal sales tax. You have these different uh, provincial beer uh, tax and charges, um, also known as liquor markups. And in every other province but Alberta, uh, you're also paying provincial sales taxes on beer and alcohol. So, I mean, nobody likes it, obviously. If you like to enjoy a beverage, no, nobody is going to like this. But is that not something that the government needs to do in order to, to, you know, to get revenue coming in to pay for all the programs that we know and love and want more of? <laughs> well, I think there's, there's, there's two things there, right? One is, one is the deficit question. Well, look, I mean, we're not even, you're not even making a dent in the deficit with these tax hikes. You're not even making a dent in the overspending that Ms. Freeland is doing this year, right? Ms. Freeland is spending $20 billion over her own budget. So all we're doing here is increasing uh, costs at the worst possible time for so many people who are struggling. But I think the second point there is, well, do you want higher taxes to solve uh, addictions problems? And look, I am not an addictions expert. I am not an expert when it comes to mental health, but I don't think you solve addictions problems with another tax. I don't think you solve the problem for people or who are down on their luck by raising the cost of living. And all that being said, if you do think that Canadians should be paying higher taxes, then you should at least make that argument in Parliament. But here's one of the issues with the upcoming federal excise tax increase. There is no vote in Parliament. In fact, most Canadians probably don't even know that the tax is going up because since 2017, the tax has gone up and up and up and up without a single vote in the House of Commons. Hmm. Franco, something you pointed out in particularly, it, it stuck out with me when you mentioned that the other provinces outside of Alberta play, pay the PST as well, so that brings their prices higher. But to a certain extent, when you're adding these taxes, we are essentially, even with the GST in the province of Alberta, taxing a tax already. So when are we going to get mad as hell and not take it anymore, to use that quote from the old school movie, uh, that we, we are taxing taxes on top of, of things, even, even when it comes to gasoline? Oh, you make a great point. And yes, there's also a tax on tax with gasoline. And, you know, at the very least, um, I don't think governments should be increasing their tax take by applying a tax on top of other taxes. Now, you mentioned, you know, when are people are going to be mad as hell? Well, I think there are a lot of people who are who are mad as hell hell right now. Right. Um, You've seen inflation that has reached nearly four decades high. You've seen a federal government that has raised its carbon tax. 
year after year after year, as, as many Albertans have struggled through not just the pandemic, but economic catastrophe for years before that. You have a federal government that is, raised, uh, that is implementing a second carbon tax this year as well. And, and it's no surprise that Albertans are getting mad uh, because inflation is hitting us, interest rate hikes are hitting us, and now you have these tax increases. So, you know, I was back in Alberta over the holiday season, and a few things stuck out to me. Uh, number one was this is the most I've ever heard my friends and family talk about inflation. And on a more sadder note, you know, just going through the grocery store, um, you see more people putting food back on the shelf. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's a crazy time, uh, and nobody's going to like this when it kicks in. So April 1 is the date that we need to be aware of, right? April 1 April is when 1. that 6.3% tax hike comes in. Correct. Thanks for the heads up. Thanks for keeping us on the up and up on it. Thanks, Franco, for your time this morning. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Franco Terrazano, uh, Canadian Taxpayers Federation Federal Director. Somewhat fitting that it's going to be April 1st. <laughs> it's going to be April Fool's Day. What a joke.